This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Most companies realize how important the shift to digital is. If you don't, then you're probably behind the times. But while the technology part of digital is very important, some people believe just as important is the mindset behind it. And if you have that mindset or philosophy of digital, then you make your company into one as potential with incredible growth. Anand Swaminathan is senior partner in the San Francisco office of McKinsey. He is tasked with helping companies bring together tech and digital capabilities to improve their overall operating models. He is also co-author of a new book titled Digital at Scale, the playbook you need to transform your company. And Anand joins us on the show right now. Anand, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Dan. I guess I'll start with what I would seem to be a basic question is, how how often do you run into a situation where this kind of overall digital thought process is not kind of the overall lead of a company right now? Actually, it's it's an interesting question because with digital, we believe it's prevalent. It's in the mindset of every executive in every organization. However, what we find sometimes is organizations are still figuring out what digital means to them. Why should they think about it? How should they think about it? And therefore, we do find at times that organizations um, see themselves as either already being ahead of the curve and not needing to think about digital and what the effects would be on their organization, or perhaps they not ready yet. Their industry is not there yet, and they'd like to wait it out to see what happens. I, I can't believe that there would be people out there that would say that their industry is not ready for it. I, I, I mean, in this day and age, as I kind of alluded to at the top, if you're not thinking along that line, you're really doing a, a disservice to your company and to your employees, correct? I agree. I think that it's a real challenge uh, when organizations believe that digital may not be affecting their industry or their industry is immune from it. Um, I think it's what they need to do is figure out where digital can play a role and how it can unlock value for their customers as well as for their enterprise. And so I agree. I think it's uh, tough if they're uh, not ready for it or they're not thinking about it. The, the C-suite obviously is is a big part of this, but uh, I'm guessing this is a you know a top-down kind of a kind of mindset that you have to have the buy-in from uh, all of your managers uh, along the line, the employees as well. Uh, with whatever are, are the different uh, uh, changes that you make to a company to, to kind of have this, this total digital transformation? Absolutely. As we mentioned in the book, someone like Jeff Immelt, um, the recent CEO and chairman of GE, he led the change around thinking about digital for an industrial business like GE, launching a digital practice, creating those capabilities, and driving that entire change across the organization. We find in many cases that the CEO and the C-suite are the true change agents when it comes to digital, especially when driving the digital transformation and a scale perspective. Well, you mentioned Jeff Fimmel, and let me stay on, on him for a second because his name recently has come up as, as a potential replacement as Uber CEO. So with what he has been able to do at, at General Electric, uh, how do you think he potentially fits in? And 
making the changes that obviously are necessary, whether they be, you know, in the business structure, but also in the culture of that company. Absolutely. So it is very interesting to see that Jeff is being considered a candidate. Um, And what is interesting about that is the fact that Jeff's brought tremendous business acumen and running an organization so successfully, but with the ability to pivot the organization, both from a culture as well as a technology standpoint, which is what he did at GE, perhaps Uber could leverage that type of mindset. It almost might be akin a little bit, Dan, to what um, Eric Schmidt did for Google when Larry and Sergey brought him in as the CEO to really take that pivot from a business model standpoint and drive that type of mindset in the organization. It it is a unique thing because, uh, I mean, we see digital as such a a key component, yet realistically, when you think about the the, the scope of, of business in general, digital is still pretty much a a fairly new entity in terms of the scope of, of business and, and even where we're heading in the future. That's right. We talk about in the book specifically about that, that it's, there's such an important aspect to define what does digital actually mean for the organizations? Because it can have a different manifestation in every organization out there. It can be a technology-led capability. It can be customer experience-based. It can be something around channels. So the first part that executives are really doing is to translate what does digital mean for me, for my employees, and for my customers. Once they figure that out, they're able to then say, where do they need to drive to get to real scale? But part of it is also, like in a lot of companies, is is just understanding the pluses and the minuses of the company. Obviously, the minuses, things that uh, you need to really address in terms of this transformation into kind of a digital mindset. I think you've hit an important point around understanding strength and areas for development in an organization, because there are many organizations that certainly will have a core set of capabilities that we don't want to lose or disrupt as we think about embedding digital capabilities into that organization. So we address this in the book to say, how do you actually identify those areas of your business that are core competencies for your employees, for your organization, and for your customers. However, how do you then think about the intersection with where digital can play a role to accelerate things like business model? And again, if you take GE just as an example for a second, GE is an industrial juggernaut. What they did is use digital to create a new business model to say, I want to be now in the data and the services business. How do I get data from these incredible assets that we create and deploy for our customers, get that data to then serve our customers even better? An entirely new business model. We are joined on the phone by Anand Swaminathan, who is the uh, co-author of the book Digital at Scale, the playbook you need to transform your company. 844-WHARTON is the number to give us a call, 844-942-7866. Did this book with uh, Dr. Jurgen Meffert, who is uh, also with uh, McKinsey in the Dusseldorf office. Uh, I guess the, with to a degree... Working with somebody that, you know, is looking at a little bit of a a different mindset in terms of Germany. I mean, a a lot of these things are are similar, but the fact that you are looking at it from a global perspective, it's not like, you know, even though we are doing this show here in North America, these are digital changes, you know, global changes, I should say, that, that need to occur for a lot of companies. 
global is uh, digital. Um, at the end of the day, digital is has no boundaries. <laughs> it's got no language restriction. Um, what is happening is there are organizations trying to figure out how they go global, how they have that impact on customers across geography, and actually, how do they leverage digital to do that more effectively? And I think about you know retailers here in North America as an example who are major retailers who are really trying to sell their goods and services, but they have taken the capability from digital to say, can I reach customers in different markets and do different things, whether it's Amazon competing in Asia or it's Alibaba competing in the United States. We've got retailers who've gone digital to say, let me reach customers, and it is a global challenge. Is the idea of, and this was one that was obviously uh, playing around in, in businesses for a long period of time, and I'd be interested to know if it's still prevalent. You know, it used to be that that people, uh, employees of a company, when they saw issues really popping up, uh, there would be times where they would be worried to be able to bring that forward because you know, the, it wasn't seen as their place to be able to make that, those types of corrections. It feels like now that we've seen a shift, uh, especially maybe in the last decade or so, where employees feel more comfortable of having that type of a relationship with uh, the leaders in the C-suite. Do you see that as well? Yes. So in 1980, early, early 80s, an engineer at Kodak took the idea and concept of digital images and that that would be the future to create a device that would capture and reveal digital images. The CEO and the executives at that time at Kodak said, no thank you, we make film. Today, that mindset is quite different. The leaders in organizations are looking to their teams to drive the innovation, to actually create the next set of ideas that they need to think about, whether it's at ING, as an example today, where the organization looks to these squads and tribes, as they refer to them in their organization, which are cross-discipline teams to drive that innovation and bring ideas forward so that the organization can then serve its customers better, invent new products and enter new markets. Very different mindset than what we had seen in the 80s and early 90s to what we see today. And, and, the, be able, and the ability to do that means uh, bottom line benefits for the company over the long term when they are able to make the changes necessary that maybe they, you know, look, it, it happens. Sometimes people just, uh, executives, don't necessarily see the impact of something happening, but somebody else does. And to be able to take that information ends up having a bottom line benefit for a company. That's right. Bottom line benefit is critical. But what's interesting, Dan, they're looking for top line as well. And I realize okay. you mean bottom line as overall impact. Correct. Yeah. I, it is actually tremendous that organizations are saying with digital, you've got two things happening. The first thing is you can affect both top line and bottom line very, very quickly. The second thing is fundamentally the speed at which you are able to affect those different metrics. And the fact that in organizations and CEOs now no longer sit there and just say, well, let me look at my profitability or let me look at my revenue. They now ask about what is my ROAS, which is my return on advertising spend? What is my MROI, my marketing return on investment? They've got new metrics to really measure the impact of digital, and they're doing it at speed. But is the idea of, of change within a company, is it one that, that that is still you, you kind of walk gently where change is concerned. I mean, obviously, as you said, a lot of a lot of companies would like to see their employees 
you know, be able to step up and say, hey, listen, we need to address this this issue. It, but are there situations where it is still a little bit touch and go? Yes. Um, there are many organizations that continue to have to reinforce the importance of digital and the importance of change with their employees. Employees aren't buying into the concept blindly because they are better informed, better understanding what is happening in that business before they just blindly accept, yes, digital means positive change. They want to know exactly what the change will be, how it will affect the organization, how it will affect their day-to-day jobs before they immediately fully commit to saying, yes, I'm ready to embrace this. So I do think there is that challenge to overcome. But what's interesting is that challenge is being overcome at a faster and faster pace in organizations. Time is running out. We mentioned this as well in the book, that the time is indeed now to make that change. So organizations are seeing the velocity with which they are looking to drive that change is actually accelerating. Well, yeah, and and again, part of, of why we are seeing that is because just everything surrounding business is moving at, at quite a much of of a breakneck speed. Uh, you know, the expectation of what people do on a day-to-day basis, the expectation of, of getting projects uh, completed, all of this has kind of ramped up and sped up in the last uh, couple of years to the point where it shouldn't be a surprise, where, you know, the speed is just as important in many cases as the actual impact. That's right. Speed is a key part of the equation today. Uh, As we thought about a number of the organizations we spoke with as we wrote the book, what we found is the common theme was we are running out of time. Our competition is coming at us from a whole new set of angles. We have new competitors that we never even imagined before. How should we reimagine our business models? How should we re-architect our business capabilities and look at our foundations? We don't have the time. We need to act now, and we need to act at speed. And they are indeed thinking about it that way. We are joined by Anand Swaminathan, who is the co-author uh, of the book uh, Digital at Scale. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. The The idea is, though, also that y- you need a lot of these things to happen in this age of innovation uh, and big data that w- we are in. Uh, and, and I guess having that freedom that some employees feel like they have now, it just does open the opportunity to have more innovation, and no matter what the company, no matter what the business at this point. That's right. If we think about the statistic, 90% of the world's data has been created in the last three years alone. That means employees and customers have a significantly larger volume of data that they can analyze and that they can interpret. That then translates into the organizations can do more with the information and the data that they have. So we are finding the trend is with that plethora of data and the increase in amount of data that's available to organizations today, how are they utilizing that? We're finding that these organizations are then accelerating their pace of change because they're better informed. I think we as uh, you know, employees of any organization always think about if I have better data, I am better informed and therefore I'm gonna make better decisions and I'll make it quicker. That's what we see the trend. But you do have, and we've talked about this a few times, and I I get your opinion on it, we still do with all of this data that is there, we still don't have a a true 
total understanding of what all can be done with it, what it means. I mean, we're starting to get closer and closer to that point, but we're still a ways off from having it. So to a degree, the understanding and the growth that companies have from this data is good. It could be even greater, say, 10 years, 20 years down the line. Not that a company wants to wait that long, but still, that you know, that that is that's probably a, a uh, an easy timeline to expect it. It's indeed very early days, and that timeline's quite quite accurate. I, most organizations use about five percent of the data that they have access to and the data that they generate in order to inform their decisions. Five percent. There is a tremendous amount of data that is certainly being created and they have access to it, but organizations are indeed just at the beginning of understanding how to use the data and even to some extent understanding what data they actually have. So you're right. It will take a decade perhaps to fully unlock the potential from all of the data that these organizations have. But again, there's one point we mentioned on this, Dan, in the book around the artificial, the land of artificial intelligence and machine learning. We talk about how organizations, while humans may not be able to keep up with that volume of data and analyze everything in order to inform the decisions, what role is artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities actually playing to help you make those decisions faster? And that's still a little bit of an unknown quantity at this point until we get a little bit further development in this area, correct? We are, again, uh, just starting with, uh, with this. So I think uh, while Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg seem to be having a Twitter debate for the ages around the effects of artificial intelligence right now, yep. we are indeed at the beginning stages of what are the true capabilities of artificial intelligence. Do we have the tools available in order to actually ingest, store, compute and enrich that data in order to then drive the right type of analysis from it? And what role will AI and machine learning really play in making our business decisions tomorrow? I do believe it's it's early, but the fact that the momentum is there, just like digital about a decade ago, perhaps that momentum will stream into the next wave. So how do you think then, with all of this change and, and this this new understanding, how do you think CEOs are reacting to it? And and what are the things that, that the CEO, when you think about it as a, as a business entity, uh, has had to change uh, really to kind of, I guess, to a degree, adapt to, to all this all this new stuff that's coming onto their plate? Right. The CEOs have done a few things that's quite interesting. First off, they have changed the dynamic of their team. So their leadership teams have evolved to become individuals who fundamentally understand the new capabilities, the new data sets, and the new technology that's out there in order to drive their businesses more effectively. Mm -hmm. Number two, CEOs are changing the makeup of their boards. So public companies as well as private companies are actually rethinking and reimagining who's on their board of directors. Do they have the right individuals who have the backing, who have the knowledge to do it? And then third, what they're doing is they have moved from experimentation, which is what digital was at least a few years ago to say, can we take a pilot? Can we test it in an area? To now saying, how do I actually think about it at scale? And hence the timing of our book to say, today, it's no longer about what digital is, but it's actually how you deploy it at scale so that you can start to see the value in your organization. We're joined by Anand Swaminathan, uh, co-author of the book Digital at Scale. Your comments at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. 
moving forward, then, obviously, the role of a CEO in, in any company is, is is ultra important. But how much do you think, though, this shift, this change, obviously will come from the C-suite, but will really be driven by the managers and the employees themselves? I think managers and employees play a very important role, which is the role of innovators inside the organization. And then they play a second role, which is the executors of the vision and of the capabilities that we say we're going to go bet on. So while the C-suite is certainly the change agents and the champion to say, yes, we will fund these changes, we will drive the culture effect, what really the employees and managers are doing is to say, can we out-innovate our competition? How do we think about that? But then can we execute at speed in order to drive these changes to the organization? So they remain and they will actually be an incredibly important part of making sure that the vision actually comes to life. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck with a great vision without the execution. Great having you with us today, Anand. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, Congratulations on the book uh, and to you and Dr. Mefford as well on an excellent uh, piece of work. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. Thank you. The book, again, is titled Digital at Scale, The Playbook You Need to Transform Your Company, Anand Swaminathan and Dr. Jurgen Meffert. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 